Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. And so many of these parents would call the office and say, hey, you know, I think my, you know, seven or eight-year-old or nine-year-old, they're asking questions. I think they're about ready to receive Christ. Could could we come in and you talk to them? It's like, what? Oh, my gosh. What was this Why Hmm? (laughs) Why in the world would you? Because they're afraid. You know, they're afraid that they're going to say something wrong. Uh, They're going to start asking me questions, and I'm going to look up in their Buddhist. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to the show, Welcome, everybody. welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so glad. Welcome. That you chose to join Paradox today. I'm not sure today. I'm glad. It's not, I'm not sure glad is the word. Yeah. I am self-fulfilled <laughs> that they joined us. That's very weird. Yeah, but that's how I feel. Uh, today. And I want to be authentic. Not to fall into the authenticity trap, but to be authentic. Lord. I was just sharing with Jimbo about an article I'm trying to write for relevant. relevant. Yeah, you're bad at not being, dropping names of all the places that are publishing your stuff. <laughs> so far, just one. But still. But uh, now he's making fun of my authenticity trap. Anywho. Uh, we are glad that you are uh, joining us. Um Today, we, we wanted to discuss outsourcing the parenting uh, or our parenting of our children's emotional and spiritual development. Long title. That's yeah, a very long title. I wanted to go with the industrialized child, but Jimbo wouldn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. But yeah, so this is, for me at least... Um, Something that that I certainly see, and I know Jimbo does as well, in our counseling office. So I had a parent uh, come in. It was a dad um, brought their two children in, uh, twin seniors in high school. And uh, he said, hey, just help. They're dealing with some anxiety, some depression. I don't know what to do with them. Um, but as I spoke with them, what I heard from the kids is actually they described their parents as very much out to lunch emotionally. Uh, they described them as distant, unwilling to really have conversations. And see, as a for children, even if they're 18 and seniors, the home is really where they receive their emotional security. And so, of course, and while these boys had other things going on, um, of course, they're going to be a little bit unsettled when their parents are out to lunch emotionally. So essentially what this guy was saying without saying it is help and fix, emotionally fix my kids when I want to now parent parent or coach the parents into believing that that's actually their job. They can do that. Uh, I saw how we outsource our kids' spiritual development. So often, my 20 years of being on staff at, at churches, they would, you know, this this thing is for a parent, and you'll, Josh, know this, uh, if uh, JJ and Ruthie don't just turn out to be pagans, you'll understand what it's like that, you know, when they accept Christ, and it's just this amazing experience to be able to pray with them. It's wonderful. It's, it's like one of the moments of your parenting life that you just remember for always kind of be there for their second birth. 
And so many of these parents would call the office and say, hey, you know, I think my, you know, seven or eight year old or nine year old, uh, they're asking questions. I think they're about ready to receive Christ. Could, could we come in and you talk to them? I thought, what? Oh, my gosh. What was this? Why, in, hmm? <laughs> why in the world would you? Because they're afraid. You know, they're afraid that they're going to say something wrong. Uh, they're going to start asking me questions and I'm going to look up in their Buddhist. I, I, I don't know enough. And these people have been in church forever. Their entire lives. Yeah, we were talking to Erwin McManus uh, just a few days ago. It's though aired several weeks before this one. Um, and he was saying that he has people coming to him all the time that have been saved for 20 years asking for mentors. And he's like, there's something wrong with you. Yes. You should be mentoring. Again, these people have listened to so many sermons, been in so many Bible studies, so many worship services, so many small groups. They have so much of the word of God inside of them that if you squeezed them, they'd burp a proverb. Burp boom. A thank you. A tip that is some of, hat. That's some of my best stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's actually even a curriculum um, for churches. Uh, I know that um, several churches in the Austin area have done Going the orange. Oh it's, oh, it's orange. <laughs> yeah, the orange curriculum. Think orange, I think, is the title, and it's um, it's all in an attempt to yes. get the family, the parents involved in the spiritual development yes. of their kids. Yes. Which... Should kind of be a no-brainer, but there's a lot of in parental insecurity revolved around the emotional and spiritual development. We, you know, we say when it comes to the spiritual development that so many parents feel as though they're knocking out of the ball the bar, ballpark if I get him to Sunday school and I take him on Wednesday nights and I make sure they're at the retreats. So it's sort of like as long as I'm their spiritual taxi driver, then I'm doing my job. I'm getting them there. Uh, if there was an old cartoon that had this kid being put in the back of a police car and there was a police tape and this woman was behind it and she was distraught and it was apparently the mother and she goes oh my son where did his youth minister go wrong <laughs> and but there it's it's like and and i have lord did i hear that a lot i brought them here you know i've had them in 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 church and yet they're on drugs um we've talked before about the uh the betrayal barrier that some people have. Like, I've done my job, God. Why didn't you do yours? Why didn't the church prevent this from happening in my child? And we do not take responsibility. Yeah. And we see that same thing. People will be upset with us counselors uh, that their child is not miraculously healed. And yet they make no effort within the home to actually meet them emotionally or spiritually and those types of things. So when we do this outsourcing, it does cause some problemos. Yeah, and the spiritual taxi driver, I love that imagery, um, is certainly a, a huge issue. And for me with these boys, part of the problem is they they lack complete trust for the and respect for that matter for their parents. In some you ways, know, yeah. If their if their parent is not willing to meet them emotionally, um, then there's a huge disconnect, uh, and so that trust is not built with their kids. Respect now, obviously, they might have an authoritative respect. They don't want to do something because they don't want to get into trouble. But as far as actually running through a brick wall for you as a parent, um, it's not going to be there because you haven't. Would you have run through a brick wall for me. No. Quick story though. One day, one. Would you have tried to jump over a chain link fence? One day we were, uh, we just was step over a mud puddle for me, 1030 or 11 at night. And we were hanging out in the, in Jimmy's pool, Jimbo's pool. And he actually asked me what I thought of him as a parent. 
Do you remember this? Yes. I wish I never would have said that or asked that. <laughs> and his wife, Beth, my mom, she was laughing. She was like, I wouldn't know more. Ask that question. And obviously, Jimbo was, mom and dad were fantastic uh, parents. But the one adjective I used was lazy. <laughs> and I can't believe it. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm the antithesis of lazy. <laughs> yeah. I I'm a ball of energy. Look at your gut. Uh, anywho. Um, so that trust and that respect is certainly lacking. And at the end of the day, I think if we don't, um, another problem with outsourcing our emotion, our children's emotional development is we actually are not personally challenged as well. Mm -hmm. You know, if we don't engage emotionally with our own kids, um, more than likely, I would probably uh, also assume that you're also not doing that maritally. Um, but we don't, we don't, we're not challenged in and of ourselves to go there emotionally. And so we really lack a depth interpersonally and also probably with our relationship with God. And keeping in mind, especially with this, you know, that we outsource the emotional development, this applies more to dads than it does to moms, just because moms tend to be much more emotionally intuitive just because they have ovaries. So dads are really lacking in this area. Many dads have just assumed the strong silent type uh, where I'm not going to say anything until I've had it, then I'm going to explode. Uh, and that's the, 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 the full gambit of their emotions is not show any and then explode. Although that, that's the emotional piece. The spiritual piece, I think both moms and dads yes, struggle with that. Yes, the spiritual piece, absolutely. But dads really struggle in the emotional area. But you got to understand, John Wayne was married like, I don't know, a bunch of times. John Wayne is not a good model <laughs> for, for masculinity in America. Now, I get choked up talking about John Wayne because he meant so much to me. Pilgrim. There, that's all I need to say. Um, but we, we just this strong, silent type, I don't go there, you know, that that's not good. And we're teaching that to our primarily our sons. Sure. And our sons grow up not touching emotions. Oh, if I had uh, a nickel for every 12-year-old boy that walked in my office and told me that he would, he'll approach his mom without question. Uh, about emotional relational issues but one of the first things after he confesses to his mother one of the first things out of his mouth is don't tell dad mm -hmm. uh, they just you just learn as men not to go there yeah a kid today um, you know the mom was so frustrated that this young man was always angry at her and complaining to her and you know finally kind of the mom just had kind of had it and the kid started crying and just saying, well, I can't say these things to dad. He said, if I said these things to dad, he wouldn't speak to me for a week uh, because anything emotional and he just is out the door uh, because he's got ignore and he's got rage. And and that's all he's got in his repertoire. Some other problems that this causes, uh, especially outsourcing their spiritual development, is it just robs us of this deeper joy. Uh, it robs us of a deeper connection. You know, when you, when you don't want to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, you know, we always think of that kind of in, in, um, in, in marriage. But it's because that's the absolute foundation. And if we don't share that, what is it that we're sharing? And it's the same with our kids. If, if, if all we got is taking them to church or going to church occasionally and then griping about the preacher on the way to Luby's, 
where is that foundation, that deeper connection with our kids, that if we're growing with them spiritually and we're experiencing spiritual things with them together, uh, you've got that underlying foundation. Um, and again, it sort of undermines your role as a parent when you don't take spiritual responsibility for your kids. Uh, we talk about this in apologetics that our kids are going to come to us and ask us questions and we just vapor lock that we, we don't know the answer. And the problem with that is, is if, if we make no attempt, if we just go, I don't know, you know, go ask the youth minister when we do that then we, we risk our children thinking that there's not an answer to this question. Uh, that, man, if my parents don't know it, or if they didn't even know that was a problem, or they've never heard of that, it lends credence to these critics that we're hearing from at school. Uh, and so it undermines our sort of position uh, or our role as a parent. Not that we have to have all the answers. Nope. That's not what we're saying. But when I you, did, but most, when most you don't, parents don't. When you don't have the answers, say, I don't know. That's an okay answer, but let's go find let's it together. Let's go find it. Yeah, absolutely. So, solutions and go. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of tackle the, um, the outsourcing, the emotional um, side of your child um, and, and kind of how we solve that problem. First of all, I would say learn to encourage emotional sharing. Um, and obviously, it doesn't have to look like a lifetime movie every time. And this doesn't have to happen every minute of every day. But your children should not fear going there. They should never utter the words, I can't go there with mom or dad. Um, and that is a, that's a leadership issue at that point. We have to actually encourage and probably lead by example, um, encouraging emotional sharing. Therefore, we should initiate deep and uncomfortable conversations. Um, certainly, they should be age appropriate. We're not taking our five-year-old out and talking to them about something that we would a 17 or 18-year-old. Um, but we should invite deep and uncomfortable conversation and subsequently... Like any conversation about Donald Trump would be uncomfortable. Subsequently. And I would steer clear of five-year-olds and Donald Trump. <laughs> Don't, do not go there. Subsequently, we should share our personal struggles and doubts, and again, age appropriately. Um, but again, all these 12-year-old boys that don't want to share their struggles with dad, it's because they see him as a strong figure, as a perfect figure. Mm -hmm. And if you as a dad, also you as a mom, can sit down and age appropriately share your struggles, well, this is what my boss did to get today, and that really made me sad, but this is how I handled it. Um, that can also build trust, um, and that can also build their emotional muscles as well. Don't be too busy. Spend time with them. Um, just laugh with them. So often, all of our conversations revolve around what they're not doing in school or how they're not doing things in the home. Just enjoy them for them and not what they produce. And one more thing as far as emotional, so you have the conversations, you have the spending time with them, but another key uh, emotional developmental thing for your child is also appropriate discipline. I have a lot of 20 and 30 year olds that will sit in my office and say, I wish my care, my parents cared enough to discipline me. Yeah, everyone thought I had the cool parents. Yeah, exactly. They just didn't care. They just didn't care. And so don't, okay, so we're just supposed to spend time with them. We're just supposed to have conversations. Let's leave out the discipline and only just be, you know, 
focus on happiness with them. No, it communicates and it's, it's a key thing for their emotional development to actually experience appropriate discipline from you. So that's also huge. Yes. I echo the same thing when it comes to the spiritual development is we take responsibility for that. We don't look to anybody else. Um, we are equipped, you know, so many of us have been in church for a long time. Um, that voice inside your head that says you'll mess them up if you talk about this is not the voice of your shepherd. Uh, we've got to be able to delineate that and to discern who, who, who are we listening to. So first is I've got to take responsibility. Those kids are going to have to crawl over me to get out of my house when they're 18 without knowing Christ uh, and having an intimate walk with him. The second is not only to attend church, but to bring God home from church where you're having discuss, you, you talk about church and not in a negative way. And I can't overemphasize this enough, especially with younger kids, is that in the car, so often when we leave church, it's like we're leaving a concert. Well, good Lord, that woman that sang that special this morning, she couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. And, oh, it was one of those sermons again. I wonder what book he got it out of. Or, you know, uh, he just wasn't on his game this week. Like we're picking apart a performance. And our kids sit back there and they hear that. So not only not do it, but certainly don't do it in front of, in front of your kids. We want to talk about church. We want to talk about what was the preacher talking about. And if he didn't do it in a good way, all right, big guy, you pick it up and talk. let's have a discussion that would be better, more understandable and more meaningful. But to bring it home, bring God home from church uh, so that we're praying at home and we're not simply praying uh, about uh, now I lay me down to sleep or bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Uh, prayer in the home goes beyond those things. Um, is, is your walk with Christ important? Because our kids know what is important in our family. What are we talking about? What do we put an emphasis on? What do we work hard toward? Do we only talk about uh, school and homework and grades or sports and performance or clubs or whatever? Because they're going to know. They're gonna, those are the important things in life. And, and, and spiritual stuff is just kind of on the side. So are we spending time at home talking about spiritual things, reading books together and talking about them, growing as a family together? And this is a tough one for guys. Oh, my Lord, yes. Um, I, so many. And, and this is maybe even an you do this unknowingly, but you just leave this up to your wife. You know, you're going to trust that she's going to have the godly conversations, that she's going to pray, that she's going to share the gospel, and you just don't ever go there. Um, so I know that personally this can can certainly be something that I fail to do. And I also think that, that this might be taking uh, more of a 10,000-foot view than we need to be, but just we don't do this in our lives. You know, we're not talking about Christ and the gospel just at lunch and, and other things. So certainly can be a struggle for guys. And lastly, start having spiritual discussions with your kids early, often, and don't stop. You know, it's cute when they're asking, did God make polar bears? And, you know, how far is heaven? Uh, isn't that cute? And we kind of will have those conversations. But as they get older, we stop. And especially when they hit those pubescent years and, and, and they start to pull away from us, we just let them go. 
Don't let them go. We've got to keep these conversations going so that these conversations are normal. We don't get, we don't freak about it because we talk about this thing all the time. So have spiritual conversations uh, with your spouse as a family uh, when they're young and don't stop. I would also add, and it's just something I'm thinking about as we're developing this, having spiritual conversations, emotional conversations in front of your kids, but just between you and your wife is also healthy. To the, for them to see that, you know, mom and dad actually just talk, you know, about something about theology or God or whatever. God's a part of our life. Correct. That's a, such a healthy thing. They don't necessarily have to be the target of these conversations. Uh, it can be really healthy if they just observe it as well. Very nice. Guys. As a takeaway, don't outsource the development of your child, either emotionally or spiritually. And if you want more about this show, again, we do have show notes online. It's paradoxpodcast.com. You can also um, sign up for our email listserv there. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's Docs Podcast. You can also find me, Josh, at uh, those three platforms. It's Doc Josh Myers. On Facebook, I'm Dr. Jimmy Myers, and on Twitter and Instagram, I am at jmyersfam. You guys have a good one. Thanks for joining us. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Garr. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. I think hope is audacious. I remember uh, years ago picking up this book from uh, President Obama before he was president. And uh, I was in a coffee shop in Eugene. I picked up this this book and it said, The Audacity of Hope. And I thought to myself, that's right. Hope is audacious. It has confidence when it doesn't deserve confidence.